Well, it is certainly a delight to see all of you, and <clears throat> I am so grateful for so many of you that are able to join uh, very frequently, if not daily and uh, weekly, and uh, I'm looking forward to opening God's Word, but first let us look to the God of the Word in a short prayer. <clears throat> oh Lord, in the words of Psalm 131, our hearts are not lifted up, uh, our eyes are not raised too high. We do not occupy ourselves with things that are too great or marvelous for ourselves. But we pause in the middle of this day and ask you, Lord, to calm our hearts and quiet our souls like a weaned child with its mother. May our souls be within us even this moment. Help us to hope in the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. In the name of your, your Son and our Savior, we pray. Amen. Well, today we're going to uh, look into God's Word. If you'd like to turn to Psalm 33, Psalm 33, and we will look at that Psalm and Psalm 130, uh, along with a number of other scripture, which I will just reference. Yesterday, or um, the last few days, I have been contemplating, mulling over the last week or so, what the Lord would have me to share. Uh, and uh, one of the topics that I was thinking about was the theme of hope. But David did an excellent, clear, practical job yesterday of reminding us of our hope in Jesus, especially from 1 Thessalonians 1. As I woke up this morning, I uh, opened the email from Stephen Lee that he sends out every single uh, week, the Sermon Audio Weekly Update. And in it were these words, one day at a time, one step at a time, trusting, praying, waiting. I found that to be a providence of God because I want to speak today for a few moments on waiting on God, waiting on God. And hope, trust, pray, all of those things really are in the same realm, so to speak, as we wait on the Lord. Uh, there are many things that almost universally to mankind, um, people anticipate, uh, one of which, uh, whether it's people from different backgrounds, different cultures, different languages, uh, different walks of life, um, one thing that we often anticipate is the sunrise, uh, whether it's just sipping coffee on your back porch to watch the sunrise or going on a walk in the morning or being in a special place such as a top of the mountain or by the, by the beach or the seashore, <clears throat> to view a sunset is breathtaking and spectacular. We often anticipate the sunrise, even as I did recently when I attended an Easter sunrise service. We uh, have anticipation as we gather together for uh, <clears throat> the, uh, the gathering of people for a wedding and the crowd and especially the groom anticipates the walking of a bride down the aisle. Or there's the anticipation of walking or, or of being reunited with a loved one that you have not seen for some time, whether it would have been days or weeks or months and whether that is <clears throat> standing on the on, uh, outside your home, watching that car come back home, or 
going to a, an airport or a train station, something like that, and anticipating the arrival of someone that you have not seen for some time. Those are positive ideas of waiting, but I think if I were to ask today, do you enjoy waiting? A lot of us find that quite a struggle. We may contemplate why we don't enjoy waiting. What are the root causes of our, of our irritation with waiting? You know, we don't often relish waiting and we kind of chafe under it, so to speak, because we have our own agendas, our own plans, our own um, places to go, people to see, things to do. And we have a wonderful plan, we think, for our life. We resist waiting. We don't like obstacles and detours that God often puts in our way, whether those, again, would be people or processes or plans. And even when it comes to good things like waiting for the salvation of souls or the revival of God's people or the reformation of his church, we often grow weary of waiting. We often find it hard to wait when our circumstances are not changing as rapidly as we would like, or when we don't understand what God is doing. And yet, one of the maybe overlooked truths in God's word is that the scriptures are full of stories about waiting. Ruth had to wait several hours for the outcome of the meeting between Boaz and the other potential kinsman redeemer. The apostles waited three days for the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Saul was told to wait a simple week for the arrival of Samuel, and yet he did not wait very well and took matters into his own hands, which we often do. The people of Israel couldn't wait for 40 days for Moses to come down from the Mount of God with the law of God. Noah had to wait several months before he disembarked from the ark, even though it had stopped raining. Abraham and Sarah had to wait for many years, and they waited with starts and fits at times for the fulfillment of God's promises. And the people of God in the Older Testament waited for centuries for the arrival of the promised Messiah, often giving up hope and losing their way, just like we do. So one of the biggest realities of the scriptures is that in regards to God's plan for revival and reformation, God's people often have to wait a long time, a much longer time than they anticipated or would have ever designed. That theme of waiting permeates the scriptures, permeates the Psalms and the prophets in the Older Testament. Many examples or affirmations of waiting, such as David in Psalm 25 says, you are the God of my salvation for you I wait all day long. Or I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry. For God alone, my soul waits in silence from him comes my salvation. Psalm 130 and verses five and six says, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word, I hope. 
My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. And there is that beautiful illustration of mankind waiting for the sunrise and our soul waits and hopes in the Lord. There are also many exhortations for waiting in the Psalms. For example, wait for the Lord, Psalm 27, verse 4. Be strong, let your heart take courage, and wait for the Lord. We have a hard time waiting when we see evil so prevalent in our day, and evil men seemingly seemingly being triumphant. But Psalm 37, 7 says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Throughout the scriptures, Isaiah 33, verse 2 is an example of a prayer for waiting on the Lord. O Lord, be gracious to us. O Lord, we wait for you. Be our arm in the morning and our salvation in the times of trouble. And on this call, we often refer to times of trouble. We need the strong arm of the Lord every morning. In Psalm 33, verses 18 through 22, perhaps you are there. But there are promises for waiting on the Lord. And we read it here. Behold, verse 18 of Psalm 33. The eye of the Lord is on those who fear him. On them who hope in his mercy or steadfast love, that he may deliver their soul from death and keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, let your mercy be upon us <clears throat> according as we hope in you. Of course, Isaiah 40, verse 31, has a great promise for those who hope in the Lord. They who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall run and not be faint. And even when... We know the, the plan and the purposes of God. Oftentimes, it does not come when we expect. We are much like Habakkuk, who said, still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end. It will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come. It will not delay. So I hope that you, we can see throughout the scriptures the idea of waiting on the Lord. The Old Testament saints, such as Anna and Simeon, waited decades for the promised coming of the Messiah, the consolation of Israel, the redemption of Jerusalem, and they were rewarded. Their wait came to an end. The apostles waited with anticipation for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in that upper room, and we as saints of God today join in waiting together for the return of our reigning and visible king. The scriptures say in Romans that we wait with eager longing for the adoption of sons, for the redemption of our bodies and the hope of righteousness. 
And we are waiting, my brothers and sisters, for the blessed hope for the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're waiting today for the establishment of a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So as we continue to wait, and this is, I think, day number 488 or something like that, that many of you have gathered together to wait and cry out and to trust in the Lord. Why can we wait on God for the sending of revival, for the redemption of souls, for answered prayer, for deliverance, and in some cases, vindication? We can do that, my friends, because God is good, and he is loving, he is kind, he is merciful, he is compassionate. We can wait on the Lord because he's all-powerful. We can wait on the Lord because he is wise, all-wise, and his timing is always perfect. So today, would you join me in pleading with the Lord to teach us to wait well? Not only to wait in order to receive the things that we ask according to his will, but in the interim between our request and his response or fulfillment of that response, we also need to pray that we would learn to wait well, that we would receive the grace to become the people that God wants us to be as we patiently wait on him. Let's Let's ask the Lord today to teach us to wait with anticipation, not to wait with irritation. To wait with longing and to wait with joyful hope. Waiting is not to be equated with not working or not using the means of grace that God has given to us. Rather, waiting is actively trusting in the promises of God, actively responding to those promises of God. And actively trusting him to make us the people that he wants us to be. I trust today that we can say with Micah of old, and again from Psalm 130, verse 5. Micah says, as for me, and he was writing in a time of deep disaster and deep need for revival. As for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. My God will hear me. We wait for the Lord. Our souls wait for the Lord. In his word, we hope our souls wait for the Lord more than the watchman for the morning, more than the watchman for the morning. Brothers and sisters, let us encourage one another during this time of prayer to wait on the Lord. Amen.